This is On The Radar with me, your host, Radar, and as always, we'll talk about local and national sports and pop culture. This is episode 171, and as always, we got to get to the news. Rest in peace to Kelly Monteith, the American comedian and actor who was passed away at age of 80, was best known for starring in the BBC show, Kelly, obviously after his name. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to James D. Brubaker, the American film producer and production manager, passed away at the age of 85. Some of his producer credits include I Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, Bruce Almighty, The Nutty Professor Number 2, and Number 1, Rocky IV, Cobra, Rocky 3. As an actor, he was in The, the Nutty Professor 2 and Life. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Chris Ledesma. He passed away age of 64. He was the longtime music editor on The Simpsons pretty much every episode since it started. I watched The Simpsons this week and they had a tribute for him. Rest in peace to Frank Galati, who actually local, born in Highland Park, Illinois. He passed away age of 79. He was American director, writer, and actor, member of the Stephen Wolf Theater Company, and the assistant director, I mean the associate director, Goodman Theater. He also taught at Northwestern University as well for theater and um and he was inducted into the chicago gay and lesbian hall of fame he received nine jeffers joseph jefferson's awards for the chicago theater so rest in peace to him he passed away at the age of 79 rest in peace to katherine siren the emmy nominated filmmaker passed away at age of 59 we are working under roger corman Obviously, Vancouver, movies that people may heard of was The Prince and Me, Franchise, True Heart, some of these Christmas movies. Rest in peace to her. Rest in peace to Fred White, the original drummer of Earth, Wind & Fire. He was along with the group for most of his career, along with Maurice White, Verdeen White, and other members that they were ducked in the Hall of Fame. Verdeen is the bass player. And Maurice White obviously is the, the 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 man behind it all. Was one of the men who started the group, and unfortunately, you know, he passed away in 2016. And I remember that because, you know, it was a big deal when one of the original other original members passed away. So rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Art McNally, the longtime NFL officiate officiate who was also director of it as well. Went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, passed away at age 97. He also officiated baseball and basketball, which included one year in the NBA as well. So rest in peace to Art. Rest in peace to Lola Chantel Mitchell, a.k.a. Uh, Gangster Boo, American rapper and second female member of the Memphis Hip Hop Group 3-6 Mafia. She passed away at the age of 43, and she collaborated with artists like Eminem, Lado, Glorilla, and Run the Jewels. Rest in peace to her. Rest in peace to Jeremiah Green, the musician known for being a founding member of indie rock band Modest Mouth. And he passed away at the age of 45. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Anita Pointer. She was one of the founding members of the group The Pointer Sisters, where she co-wrote and was the lead singer for the hit song Fairy Tale, which obviously got him a granny, Grammy. She also was the lead singer on other hits, including Fire, Slow Hand, and I'm So Excited. She passed away at age of 74. Rest in peace to Bob Nalbadian, the director, producer, and journalist on a heavy metal scene. He was 58 years old. He was someone who obviously got people into heavy metal. Rest in peace to him. 
Rest in peace to Pope Benedict XVI. Name is Joseph Alusa Radisinger. He was the head of the Catholic Church and then out of the Vatican State from 2005 to 2013. He chose to be Pope Emeritus upon his ordination and retain the title until he passed away. Rest in peace to him. He passed away this past week. Rest in, uh, rest in peace to Neil Jimenez. The American screenwriter film director known for the film River's Edge was also a member of the Sundance Film Festival and won a Spirit Award for Best Feature and Screenplay of the movie The Water Dance. He passed away at age of 62. Rest in peace to Don Wetz. The American pitchman and TV personality, professional wrestler and broadcasting known for being an obviously a commentator for that. He worked at the Home Shop Network as well. Rest in peace to him. Local guy from Chicago, passed away at age of 59. Rest in peace to Barbara Walters, one of the pioneers of, broad, of you know, journalists and broadcasting for women. Obviously known for all the television programs, including Today, The Evening News, 2020, and The View. She'd been working from 1951 to 2015. Noticeably, obviously interviewing from Richard Nixon to Barack Obama. Interviewed Trump and Biden. The like Fidel Castro, Sean Connery, Monica Lewinsky, Hugo Chavez, Vladimir Putin. She's got a Walk of Fame, Television Hall of Fame, Lifetime Achievement from the National Academy of Television, Art and Sciences. She passed away at the age of 93. She lived a very long life. Rest in peace to Bill Pence. Tolerite Film Fester co-founder passed away at the age of 82. Rest in peace to Robert Dowling. He was a Hollywood reporter, his former publisher. He was 83 years old. An editor, rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Keenan Cahill, the American YouTuber and internet celebrity who gained fame in early 10s for his viral video where he was lip-syncing the song. He passed away at age of 27. Another local person, Elmer's Illinois. Rest in peace to Steve West, the American musician known as the drummer for indie rock band Pavement. And he also was his own artist as well. He p- passed away. Excuse me, mixing up Steve West. The Steve West that passed away was a member of a different group. Completely got that wrong. Remember the Hollies or whatever it was. It was just confused. Rest in peace to Ruggiero Dodato, the Italian film director, screenwriter, and actor. Passed away at age of 83. He was an influence on people like Quentin Tarantino and Eli Roth. And he made a film called Cannibal Holocaust as well. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to soccer great Pele. Born Edison Arnazzi do Desminto. The Brazilian player. He passed away at age of 82. He was also Minister of Sports as well. Considered one of the greatest players for all the World Cup championships he won and everything else that he had in his career. He won all these awards and all the FIFA Cups and all these other amazing awards and that. That's why he's go down as one of the greatest, if not the greatest. 
it's always sad to lose a legend because when you think of soccer, that's one of the guys, if not the guy, to, you know, he has got a single name. When you go by one name, then you know, yeah, that's one person. Like Prince is one name, just for example, in music. You know, people say LeBron. They don't call him LeBron James. Like, one name, you know, that's the sort of thing. Rest in peace to Pele. Rest in peace to John Bird, the English actor, director, and satires and writer who appeared in that the week that was. Also, John Fortin. And he was in films like Take a Girl Like You, Jabberwocky. And on a long-running show, Bremer, Bird, and Fortune, Channel 4, for all that. He passed away at 86. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Dick Flavin, the American poet who was the poet of the Red Sox. He was a team's public address announcer, journalist, and TV commentator as well. Rest in peace to him. some retirement news so some some positives nothing you know anybody who passed away just some uh, athletes who retired first one is longtime relief pitcher Steve Chizik 36 he had a pretty good career as a reliever he had some success at the beginning of his career as a sidewinder underwinder pitcher with the Marlins bounced between the Cardinals and the Mariners and the Rays then he spent a couple seasons with the Cubs and the White Sox Angels and then the Nationals as that was where he spent his last season with them. He finished at 103 career saves, a 298 career earn run average. He does have a losing record, 33 and 43, with 7 and 43 strikeouts. So happy trails to Steve Chizik. I think he had a pretty good long career as a reliever, which is always a good thing. And haha, Clinton Dix, the former safety from Alabama, who won a championship there, was drafted by Green Bay Packers, played for Washington, Chicago, Dallas, and the Raiders. Also spent time with the Broncos and 49ers practice squads and the Cowboys practice squads with a second-team All-Pro. One-time Pro Bowler, All-Rookie team in college, BCS champion twice, All-American and All-SEC. He finished with 522 tackles, 5.5 sacks, 4 forced fumbles, 5 fumble recoveries, 16 interceptions, and 1 defensive touchdown. 30 is pretty uh, young to announce the retirement. He's pretty much my age, but yeah, he had a pretty good football career. Football news, only three players in Cowboy history have 90-plus receptions, 1,200-plus reception yards, and 8-plus touchdowns in the same season. Hall of Famer Michael Irvin, former Cowboy receiver Des Bryant, and CeeDee Lamb, so it's a pretty impressive group there. NC State radio announcer Gary Howell was suspended definitely for making illegal alien references during the bowl update. So, yeah, so that's, you can't, you know, say things like that. That you're going to definitely get suspended for that. And this past Sunday, there was a 63rd and 64th starting quarterback this season. There have only been two other seasons in NFL history with at least 64 starting quarterbacks. 2007 and the strike year at 87. With David Blau and Jared Stidham being the, the, the most recent guys. And Kenny Pickett. And the Steelers had this incredible comeback on Sunday. But there have been 81 games a season where an NFL team came back to win or tie after chilling the fourth quarter the most ever in a season. I forgot to mention, rest in peace to Ashi Nawari, the former Jaguars player who played at Purdue. 
passed away at the age of 38. And rest in peace to him. And John Moran is now being sued for allegedly attacking a minor through a basketball at him. The incident which happened at Ja's home led to Morant punching him. Moran is claiming self-defense. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there. Like Adrian Peterson and a whole thing of child abuse. I don't know what's going to happen there with, with what's going on in that situation there. <sighs> Scary thing happened Monday night with Hamlin, you know, collapsing and then having given CPR and then him being transported to the hospital. A nice thing about it is that his surgeries have been the top star of the NFL since Monday night. As all the revenue is going to be donated to his toy drive, which surpassed $5.5 million in donations, which is always a good thing. And the New Jersey halts Citrus Bowl betting because they say supposedly Purdue's Drew Brees. You know, we announced this earlier. He's been a, he, They hired him to be an assistant this year. Is violation of regulations because he's obviously a spokesman for points bet. So they think there's a lot of an issues there with him being a coach and being part of points bet, which I don't agree with, but that's something that they decided they're not going to have that. And one of the latest updates is he's still in critical condition, Hamlin and ICU. They noted a yesterday and overnight improvement. He expects to remain under the ICU as his healthcare team continue to monitor and treat him as well. So that's always a good thing. And, and prayers up to Jeremy Renner, who had an incident where he was trying to clear out a car because there was a major snowstorm where he lived. He used one of those snowplow thingy, and it ran him over. So he's doing fine. It says that he's right now that he's, you know, fine, but he's got a long road to recovery. As he said, I'm too messed up to type. But basically, there's severe weather in the area, and he basically used a snowcat to free a vehicle member, but then, of course, the thing ran him over. So he went under surgery, and he's in the ICU, but he's in stable condition, which is a very good thing. He was helping someone who was stranded in the snow, which is pretty uh, pretty nice of him. So hopefully, Jeremy Renner's all good. Let's get to some fo- more football news. Tannehill's officially in the injured reserve list. Bud Dupree, Zach Cunningham, Rocky Sin, injured reserve. That's a great name. David Blau, as you mentioned, started last week, this past week, and now he's going to be a quarterback the rest of the year. Tony Michelle was cut. Yannick Ngannou to the injured reserve. Bobby Evans was cut. Greg Dorsch got injured reserve. Marquise Goodwin injured reserve. Josh Sweat neck injury. Went to the hospital. Mike Evans has nine straight season 100 yards reception, which is cool. The Buccaneers have clinched their division because it's a bad division, and the New York Giants have made the playoffs this year. I like to be right, no matter if it's about sports, pop culture, but I was wrong because you think I'd be biased with the New York Giants being my favorite football team, but I thought, like them in Washington, who could still, you know, still had a pretty good year, and the Jets had a pretty good year as well, I thought they would be horrible. They'd win maybe three, four games this year, but that Brian Dable effect and a healthy Saquon Barkley really proved the difference, and I can admit I was wrong, and I'm happy to be wrong. Panthers, Raiders, Washington, as I mentioned, they were eliminated, but it took them almost to the end of the season. Saints and Jets were almost eliminated. Pat Mahomes joined Brady and Breeze with 500 yards in multiple seasons. 11 losses this year for the Rams are the most ever for a defending champion. I don't know what happened there. I thought they could repeat. Little did I get that wrong. Bears are on the nine-game losing streak, the longest ever in their franchise. We mentioned that they had you know, tied the last one either way. 
And the 49ers have themselves a nine-game win streak, which is good for them. Tennessee Jaguars and Kansas City Vegas Raiders game is going to be Saturday for those who are interested. There are no Thursday night. Josh Dobbs started this past week, and he was QB1. He's going to be the QB going forward. Jordan Brooks, ACL, he's out for the year. Justin Fields now is the most sacks ever for a quarterback, passing Jay Cutler in Bears history, being sacked. And 23 wins this Monday night game that didn't actually happen was the most combined win since Elway played Steve Young in 97, which is pretty cool. Packers line is going to be Sunday night football. Tua's not going to play. Taco Charlton's going to the Jags. Brian O'Neill's going to injured reserve along with Awesome Shidem. James Washington was just cut. Mike Lennon got picked up on Miami because right now with Tua out and a pinky injury in the throwing hand, dislocated pinky on Teddy Bridwater's hand, Skylar Thompson's going to start and Mike Lennon's going to back up. Auden Tate's going to the Cardinals. Egmir St. Brown, the Bears wide receiver, not confused with Amron St. Brown. He is going to sign an extension with the Bears. Sam Howell is going to start for Washington because Tyler Heineke is injured and Carson Wentz looked horrible. And Justin Field has an injury and he won't be able to break the signal single record for rushing yards. So Nathan Peterman will be starting that game. LeBron James out of the 10th most games played in history. Good for him. There was a uh, three-game suspension for Hayes and Wagner with theirs, uh, Mon- their, their, their scuffle. And the other Wagner brother, Pacella, all these other players, Cole Anthony, Mo Bamba, Gary Payton, Garrett Harris, Kate, RJ Hampton, this other Hampton guy, all these guys, Wendell Carter, all got suspension. Nate McMillan, the rumor is he may be out with all the issues happening with Trey Young. KD now is the 20 most threes. Congratulations to him. And Iowa's 1K points in his career. Good for him. 45-point games is the most ever they've had. You know, all these 40-point games, 45 of them, the most ever in a month. Curries are announced they're going to open up 50 libraries, which is really good. Luca and Porzingis won Player of the Week. Brianna January announces retirement. her retirement recently is now joining the Suns coaching staff. Congratulations to her. Zion, unfortunately, is going to be out a few weeks with a hamstring injury, dampening a little bit of his great season. Tyrese Halburn is averaging 20 and 10 and 40% from three-point. It's pretty impressive. There were uh, four-plus 50-point games in such a short amount of span. Luka, Donovan Mitchell, Clay Thompson, and Giannis. And announced in hockey news that the Kraken are going to be hosting next year's Winter Classic at T-Mobile Field. And what happened Monday night, Skip Bayless made some insensitive tweets, so Shannon Sharp decided not to show up for the show the next day. People are looking at it. Is that something interesting there? Lucas Lettage, who had a great back, bounce-back season with the Yankees, got traded to Atlanta in a roster crunch move. Gene Segura signed a two-year deal to join the Miami Marlins. And where everybody's looking at this move like, you let Brian Anderson go, you got utility man John Birdie, utility man Joey Wendell, glorified utility man Miguel Rojas who starts, and Jazz Chisholm, who's a really talented player, all in the infield. Like, why would you go out and sign him and then sign him to play third base when you could have kept Brian Anderson or you can continue to play the likes of Jonathan Birdie and Joey Wendell? Obviously, it makes no sense. So a lot of those guys, like I mentioned, Segura and Wendell, could be trade candidates. Henson Ryu has announced he's coming back from his surgery in July, which is good for the Blue Jays. Eli White is gone to Atlanta. That's a good, you know, organizational depth move for that center fielder. Evan Longoria announced a deal to join the Diamondbacks, who Josh Rojas had an okay season for them, but they really don't have a, a guaranteed everyday third baseman. 
by trading, you know, like Dalton Varsho. They still have the whole Seth Beer and Pavin Smith and Christian Walker thing. And even though they traded old school problem, they still got plenty of first base and DHs. So I don't know if Longoria is really going to be the DH on this team. Kyle Hudson was added to the Red Sox staff. Greg Amstiner, the guy who does been working MLB Network, he's staying. He's not going to take the Cardinals job. Eric Kinski joined the Mets coaching staff as an assistant hitting coach. He's been a bench coach, an assistant hitting coach, a full-time hitting coach. But since he did coach in Los Angeles with Billy Epler with the Angels, the Mets thought, let's bring him in. Ryan O'Hearn, a roster crunch with the Royals. Because I mentioned they have too many first basemen. It's going to the Orioles, who again, I don't know where they're going to do them. They also have too many first basemen. DH. Nationals let Nelson Cruz go and Luke Voigt go. At the end of the season, and out of Seth Menendez, they really don't have a guaranteed first base in DH, so Dom Smith can bounce back in a one-year deal with the Nationals, get a chance to play every day, which is a good move. Brian Sabian, the man behind all those giant championships with the was back when they won those three World Series, he's joining the Yankees as an advisory role. I don't know why he did that, but again, if the Yankees win and he's just on the payroll, he'll get another World Series ring. Rafael Devers avoided arbitration with the Red Sox, and Eric Hosmer's finalizing a deal to join the Cubs. So, Schwindel, gone overseas. Wisdom is still on the roster, but they're going to still play him out of position as a utility guy, etc., etc. And they just DFA'd the Rivas guys, so they don't have any other first baseman. So, Hosmer makes sense. If he's healthy enough, has a good enough season, and the Cubs are not a playoff team, he could always be traded or bounce back next year. And Zach Davies announced he's re-signing with, with the Diamondbacks, which is a good move for him because he had an okay enough season for them. And let's get to some TV news. Simon Cowell's trying to try to see if they can get a USA version of X-Factor for those who are interested. Uh, 1899, 1899 was canceled at Netflix. Martina Avalova, unfortunately, now she's got a battling with cancer. Prayers up for her. Uh, Foo Fighters made an announcement for their official social media pages that they're going to continue to make music, even though Hawkins was a, Taylor Hawkins was a huge part of their music. So they're hoping to go forward. Tracy Ellis Ross is joining this Candy Cane Lane. Deborah Jo Rupp is joining the Agatha, you know, Covenant of Chaos. These things called Dana Liaison, Becoming Elizabeth, and Star Up are being taken off Star Streaming. If you pay attention, I announced some of the things HBO and Stars have been taking off. And in Flash news, David Ramsey, obviously we know plays Diggle. Kid Flash, you know, by Killian Lewis. Sinhal Ramnitsi, who we know from Hero and, and so many other shows, coming back as guest of Bloodsport in the final season. Oliver Queen, Stephen Amell announced he's coming back, which is pretty cool. As I mentioned when they announced the final season, I'm like, you just got to bring back every single person that made like a huge impact on the show, and that would be the most important thing that you could possibly do. What I want to get to is I've already talked about the CBS last time hitting a, out of the ballpark with three great sitcoms. I mean, excuse me, one-hour show. NBC's Lopez for Lopez, okay, sitcom. You know, and how we don't know how they do things recently NBC with their sitcoms. Then you add the the fact that that um that I mentioned that the Fox had the horrible show Monarch and when they had that horrible show Monarch and stuff like that that I knew that it was going to get canceled and guess what it did. Then I was like, well, Quantum Leap is just average in the middle. And I was like, yeah, that show should definitely get canceled, even though it got a full season pickup. So I was like, okay, cool. It got, it got, we mentioned that Quantum Leap got renewed, which again, obviously, I'm not upset or anything. I just, you know, didn't think it was that great to be renewed. Either way, though, 
that's got renewed. And we get to the point where I mentioned how Alaska Daily was one of the worst shows ever watched. That hasn't even finished its season, so there's no word of what's going on there. ABC has already turned their attention to a new show called Will Trent to be on Tuesday nights with the Rookie franchise, which I mentioned they introduced Rookie Fed. And if you, as I mentioned, if you don't take the show too seriously and you view it as a comedy, it's actually really enjoying. You can just sit back, relax, and just know it's supposed to be funny. Okay, and that's why it's a pretty good show. Then the CW has two shows. Prequel, Supernatural called The Winchesters, and prequel called Walker Independence. Okay, so so I'm going to say this. I've enjoyed watching Winchesters. I have no knowledge that much about Supernatural. I only hear things from the, here and there. That sort of thing. So basically, it tells the story how John Winchester, played by Drake Roger Metz, Mary Campbell, played by Meg Dolly of American Housewives and Zombies, and they put it online how to save the life of the world because he obviously comes home from Vietnam and they work together and finds out his father, also the demon hunter, like McDowell's father in the show. And they got to figure out what happened to their own fathers and what's going on. His mother's the main character in the show. And I could say this. I cannot say if it holds a candle to Supernatural or if it's doing any justice as a spinoff prequel. But it's been great to watch. The music has been great. Jansen Ackles is, you know, narrating the show, picking the music. It says he and his wife... And a producer from the original are producing and they're working on it. So that gives it fanatics the sigh of relief because, hey, this guy's doing what it's supposed to doing. And obviously it takes place in Vietnam, so the music choice makes sense. It's nice to see Don Lee moved up and in a role in a grown-up role because she played like teenagers. And there's some other fresh faces in the show. But it's pretty cool that one of the lead is a fresh face and they're taking a lot of chances on him, him being a lead when nobody's heard him before. So one of my issues is CW is meant for young people, cool, 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 but the diversity is an issue in this show because, I'm going to say this, Hispanic, you know, hippie guy who's like queer or like gay or whatever, supposedly dated Meg Dolly's character in the show, whatever the case is, it doesn't seem to be that realistic that that's the type of character who's out there flaunting around and doing whatever they do in their, in their small little town. Second, The, you know, the British, you know, okay, Middle Eastern Indian woman who has knowledge of all the creatures they face. Like, she's the, you know, doesn't go out in the field. She does all the research and all this other stuff. Like, I didn't know that many people from, you know, India or Pakistan were in the United States during the Vietnam War. That's not something that I know, and I don't know how true that is. And then a black woman who supposedly worked with their father is also on the show. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to make it a little bit too diverse when it's not really... And again, a lot of these actors have never heard of, so you don't know. You're taking a lot of chance of this. But it was supposed to be the most watched series debut of the season slash the most watched premiere in the CW. So it's a good sign that it's had a following like when the Walker remake debuted because it was also a highly watched show because Pedalecki was in it. Obviously, the recent merge of the CW Discovery, a lot of big good and bad shows were canceled. Or they said it's the last season, just to warn you. So it's uncertain which shows are coming back. But based on how popular the original show was, they would be idiots not to renew it and continue to do maybe spin-offs and other things, make a supernatural universe. That's all I'm going to say. Next show is Walker Independence. They said in the late 1800s, it's an origin story of the, of, of the series Walker. Obviously, it follows Abby Walker, but if that's the mother of, you know, that's like a grandparent or whatever it is of, you know, Walker, you know, Cora Walker. My confusing question is, like, if her husband died and she makes, she meets another man, that man, that's going to be her... She's not going to take the name of her husband and 
that kid. It's really confusing. Maybe it's an ant. I have no idea. Because he's from Boston, and they're trying to go out west. And obviously, it, they arrive in Independent, Texas, which is why it's called Walker Independence. But he could have just called Independence. No, they do a Walker. And obviously, she's got her own secrets. Everyone else has their own secrets. Obviously, the Hoyt Rollins character is the name of the character from the show that Matt Barr was playing in the actual show until they killed him off. We know from Blood and Treasure and Sleepy Hollow. He's got his stuff. He's got his love interest. And they got to seek justice for her husband. They work with a Native American. I didn't know Native American trackers were always working in the city. There's a black deputy. And you got the corrupt, you know... You know, Sheriff, the Davidsons, who we know if you walk the walker, they hate them like the rivals and everything. And obviously, I'm going to think it's, it could be renewed because I thought the regular walker show is one of the most average shows that I've ever watched. It's not horrible. It's not bad. It's different than a regular cop show, detective, or law enforcement show because it's walker, tex- it's like rangers. Ra- Texas Ranger, a little bit different law enforcement than other police. I've seen a little bit of it in 911 Lone Star as one of the main characters' father is a... As a Texas Ranger, so it's a little bit interesting here. So that's why that show thing. But this thing is just takes place in the olden days and all this other stuff. And obviously, with producing support from Pedalecki, the Star Walker seems to be their new move at CW: make prequels or shows actors from from their most popular shows to be on the air. So as I mentioned, this show is not bad. It's not horrible. It's like average. It's a very slow moving show. A lot of background and like drama and characters you got to get to. But when it gets to the good part, it eventually gets a little bit better. Obviously, it's confusing how many years ago it was, how it all relates to people, and how it is it's the grandmother Cordell and the whole the same name and actor. It's like, I don't really get it. It's just a little bit out there. There's a uh, prominent Asian business owner, which again, I don't know how relevant of the time that is. And it's supposed to be a very special town. Okay, cool. And it's, the show is in, it's all different kinds of people are working together to stop the bad guy, which is cool. And you got the two leads, the Native American character. They've all checking down. It's like the McNamara gets a chance to have a show because they were supposed to have this Arrow spinoff with her, and they said, eh, never mind. And obviously, I don't know what CBS has been doing with the Handling Blood and Treasure. So cool, he gets to be in another show because, again, they kill off his character in Walker. Obviously, her, uh, you know, it's a good actress, but it's odd. There's also this other actress who Kate Finlady of Man Seeking Woman, who, in my opinion, when Jay Bruchel actually had a girlfriend, that's when the show went downhill. And she was a lesbian love interest in Nancy Drew, and she's been in a lot of things. She goes by the name Kate when her name and Kate is in her name in real life. So it's obviously really weird. And obviously, there's a lot about her in the show you got to learn, and she's interesting. So it's, it's you know, you want to walk to it. And obviously, as in, there's a lot of actors of the course series that get their acting like the chemistry going, but there's also some love and hate relationship between Hoyt and the Native American, which would be cool to see. And I guess some of these actors I've never heard before, so again, they're taking a lot of risks here. But again, as I mentioned with the other show, the recent merger of Discovery with the CW, too many good shows and bad shows I mentioned were canceled or announced to be their last seasons to warn people. So obviously, we're uncertain what shows are coming back. But based on how much effort they're putting into this show with the advertisements and the producing and the character-driven thing, and they want to make a Walker universe, universe excuse me, it would be dumb to cancel after one season. I can see this going on for a couple of years because so far Walker Texas Ranger has been on for a few years to remake. And I told you, it's just been one of the most average shows and it's on the same night. So I just think that like they did a good enough job, at least with the two new shows that they, they debuted this year, that that is, you know, not the worst shows, not the, 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 the bad shows. Like, as I mentioned, it's in the middle. 
And as I said, CW did a pretty good job this year. ABC, one out of two. I don't know if Rookie Feds is going to be renewed, but I still think it's a quality show. We mentioned that Lopez or Lopez got a full season, but again, that show was, I laugh at sometimes, but I didn't think the Quantum Leap remake was necessary or that great, so it's hit or miss with NBC. CBS hit it out of the ballpark, and Fox, <clears throat> 0 for 1, as I keep telling you. Just show 911, 911 start the resident, and try one new show and see if that works. And if that show's bad, you cancel it. And then, as I mentioned, Wednesday night, stick to competition shows after The Masked Singer. And maybe, just maybe, go back to showing programming on Friday night. Because you could afford to have more sitcoms. Because right now, Call Me Cat is a good enough sitcom. But because they got nothing else, and Welcome to Flash is really bad. So that's where I'm getting, like, you could have room for more and more of these things. But whatever. Prayers up for Martina Navalova. Prayers up for Devlin Hamlin, the... The Bills player, who, as again, is in critical condition in the hospital. Damar Hamlin, excuse me. Jeremy Renner is in the hospital in critical condition. Rest in peace to every celebrity that passed away. Happy trails to all the athletes who retired. This was obviously episode 171. As always, we talk about local and national sports and pop culture. On the Radar is the YouTube channel where you get movie reviews and observations. Baseball observations currently in the hospital. Blog account, Radar4428, which is also my Twitter handle, Radar4428. On the Radar is the YouTube. It's also the name of the podcast, Apple, Google, or Spotify. The website is ontheradarmedia.com. The Facebook page is ontheradarentainment blog. And before you know it, you'll get Twitch, you'll get TikTok, you'll get, you'll get more stuff and everything you could possibly imagine. Thanks for listening to episode 171 for On the Radar. I'm Radar. See you guys next time.